2: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
3: Hi, I'm Pav, and I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast.
4: Let's start the countdown.
3: Now, a movie can have a great story, great script, great direction and great actors. But the one layer of a movie, ma- of movie making that arguably gets taken for granted is the soundtrack. Whether it's an original piece of score or a perfectly chosen song of the past, the movie score can make a good movie into a classic movie. Here's our own sweet score, Neil, with 10 Movie Score Facts.
4: Thank you very much, Pav. So, Maestros Williams and Morricone are the two of the very few composers who physically write out their scores when, when composing film music. Most of the remainder use computers. Love. To heighten the scare factor, the soundtrack to The Exorcist contains both squealing pigs and angry bees. Good. There is no music in the soundtrack to the film The Birds. Hang on.
1: <laughs>
4: the bagpipes used in the film soundtrack of Braveheart are actually Irish Uilleann pipes. <laughs> Gary Goldsmith's Chinatown score was written and recorded in just 10 days. John Williams has recorded the most film scores with over 450 soundtrack
1: credits.
4: (laughs) 1992's The Bodyguard is the best-selling soundtrack with more than 44 million copies. How iconic. Mm.
2: Choose life.
4: Camille (laughs) Sands' 1908 score for The Assistant Duc (laughs) de Guise, I'm sure that's pronounced right, was the first original film score composed.
1: Go, go, go with a smile.
4: And for the iconic and groundbreaking music for Planet of the Apes, it featured Pots and Pans in the orchestra. And the lobby of Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum on the of Atlantic, boardwalk of Atlantic City plays the Pee Wee Herman's big adventure soundtrack all day, every day. Hey, it's got to be oh. something in the water tonight. Keeps <laughs> fluttering so our annoying. words, will
3: You had a go, I had a go. Oh. Well, we're lucky that we've got a, a professional podcaster with us as a guest who can uh, put us all to shame. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to join uh, in with Neil to welcome uh, the lovely Paul from the SP Film Viewers Podcast. Hello, Paul. Good evening.
2: And how are you? Very well, thank you. I'm very excited to be talking about uh, film soundtracks because that is one of my passions, to as well as the the, the movies. It's uh, it's all about the music as well. Mm. Excellent. Well, that's good. Now we're
3: going to see if we can get through the next hour or so without making any cock-ups like we did before oh, so we, we're, we're bound to, to say tight. something yeah. right and normally yeah. you know proper professional podcasters would have stopped and started again <laughs> and maybe you know do a few edits but we don't do you know the least amount of work as possible so we just want to just yeah. get on and that's, do it that's um, fine yeah that's and the, we just like <laughs> to keep it human yes yeah yes, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um now one thing we want to stipulate is uh, top 10 movie soundtracks but this also includes movie scores as well so um Yes, we probably could have got another top 10 out of it if we'd have split them. But, uh, you know, again, it's too much work. Let me just
4: do it all (laughs) in one go. It's nice to do it in one go because it was nice to combine the two anyway.
2: Yeah, looking at a lot of mine was actually more actually scores than there were actual, like, musical soundtracks. So it kind of worked in my favour, really, I suppose. Yeah,
3: (laughs) Yeah, I will try and, um, just to give a little bit more flavour, I will play a little bit. In the background as well, if we if we uh, if I get a chance, if I'm quick enough. Um, before we do that, though, um, Paul, tell us about your podcast.
2: Yeah, so my podcast is called SP Film Viewers. Um, I run it with my co-host Sophie, who um, I am kind of introducing like classic films or films that I like or just want to get a reaction from her and, and put her through. Um, some films and give her like her honest thoughts and feelings about the film because I feel like she's quite passionate about when she's speaking and explaining things, and it's always quite amusing. Where I'm trying to be like really you're like her. Oh, do you see it from this perspective? And she's like, No, I don't. I don't get why that's um, why it's done that way and stuff. Why didn't they just do this? And it's, it's always makes for an interesting conversation. I listen. So oh, sorry, was, I was
3: going to say I listened to the Snatch episode today, uh-huh. yeah. and it is if. You, if you're into films and and you know the movie like you're trying to just i, I was trying to sort of egg sophie on because just cause especially at the start when she hasn't seen the film yet
2: yeah,
3: yeah i think it's quite an interesting way that you see what she's like before the film she wants her, and then afterwards it's her whole idea of what the movie is about from yeah, her point of view exactly yeah.
2: yeah and and then it's also now the format is also we do like an on-off thing of where it's we both haven't seen a film because obviously there's a lot in the back catalogue of films I haven't seen yet myself and it's like you know, to fit in with the schedule of stuff it's, so it's like a good experience for both of us and then it's kind of like sometimes it's at the moment it's been more misses than hits but um it's uh, I don't know if that's down to my picking or what but mm. <laughs> yeah
4: So I was going to say give us some examples of the movies you've done with Sophie for the listeners
2: Yeah so we've done films like uh reservoir dogs that was like one of our first proper ones we did we've done like back to the future the matrix um singing in the rain that's one of her favorites from like the ones we've ever done um grand budapest hotel things things like that all kind of sorts of genres so although she didn't Mm. particularly like horror or anything to do with monsters so uh, or, or comedies in fact so (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah. so what horror have you given her then you must have given her some if she doesn't like them
2: <laughs> yeah um so we've gone through stuff like uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre Blair Witch Project ones that we've kind of covered I think that was really last year and um more modern ones like The Babadook that have you seen that film
3: yeah great film
2: yeah, yeah. Mm. So things
3: like that, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'll put the link in the show notes so people can uh, can have a little listen to your podcast. It was uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was very. Uh, and please give our love to Sophie as Will well. Uh, right. But let's crack on. So, Paul, uh, we need your number ten movie soundtrack, please.
2: So, my number ten is of a film that is is probably my favourite film which is kind of strange coming from where we're coming from with this, but the soundtrack is, I feel like you need the film to fully embrace it. So that is The Shining.
3: Okay. Okay.
2: So that's, so we got, uh, was it Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind, Elkind, I believe, who did the pre-collaboration of the composing for that. And um, so like with the opening theme, that's like sets a tone straight away for the film. And that's just like you know what you're getting for this chilling mm. epic, like what 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 what's what's gonna happen here in the film? Uh, you get the the chills really. Um so then like with the 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 what we've got with the the more like the nineteen twenties style at midnight the stars and you is that like I, the what really works as like a standalone piece like oh you can put those in the background that wouldn't be fine but it's it's down to the the actual like scary incidental music that occurs through the film That's kind of like i, I wouldn't really like i oh, rushing to put that on like the turntable and like oh, mm. let's, let's vibe out to that so that's why it's so low on the list but i can appreciate it for watching it as you watch for the film
4: well it's haunting isn't it yes yeah, exactly it is yes very haunting yeah. Mm. having a quick listen now I'm trying, <laughs> yeah. I've seen the film a hundred times and then you say the soundtrack and I'm like trying to remember it but now I'm listening to it it comes yeah. straight back to you doesn't it it floods yeah. back
3: yeah but yeah. again isn't that I was saying like in the introduction about the thing that you take for granted is the music a little bit exactly
2: mm. but yeah. but
3: then if the music isn't there if you watch the film without the music I don't think you feel the same emotions
2: no it's it heightens it yeah especially yeah. with that film because it's all like intense and and just yeah
4: just scary atmosphere yeah great choice great, great one choice. to start there okay. you go
2: neil what are you going to go
3: for for number 10
4: so i'm going well, i spoke about him in the um in my facts at the beginning It's Morricone's score to once upon a time in america um especially deborah's theme is just i find this piece of music beautiful i know once upon a time in the west is a beautiful soundtrack but I tend to, it's not one that I would tend to put on in background while I'm doing my day-to-day chores. This one is. I do listen to this quite a lot. And again, it's not haunting in the sense of, like, scary haunting. It's it's moving haunting. Uh, I don't know whether either of you have seen this movie, uh, and if you have, which version. Because it goes on for about three and a half, four hours, this movie.
2: Yeah, I don't, th- I think I started, I remember it, been on i don't know if it's still on netflix but i like i, I realized it was like you know going on four hours and things wrong. Mm. i have to break this up into bits but i don't think i've sadly haven't had the time yeah. to sit down and and go through it in bit by bit but i, I don't quite remember the soundtrack so strongly but mm. it's again it's like a film that i've barely seen already yeah. So
3: yeah is that is that elizabeth mcgovern she's in it yeah no is that Absolutely. the one where you see a battle? <laughs> yeah do you um,
4: see a butthole in that well movie? they do they do say you can i haven't really examined it with uh, <laughs> combs well. i'm just yeah, saying it's English. like
3: it's, it's one of those things with um those like um
4: moments yeah those,
3: yeah those are they real moments that mm. you often True. see
4: but yeah it's got a great cast in it obviously robert de niro um joe Pe- uh, not joe pesci at all um james woods is in it um uh, Treat Williams is actually... Do you remember Treat Williams? Treat it. Williams. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, a, and a really young Jennifer Connelly. Right. Very young Jennifer Connelly in it. And it's a sprawling epic. It goes right from their childhood when they're young boys all the way through. I mean, it it doesn't do it chronologically. It... Um, but it's a movie you can watch in sections. Don't feel that you have to sit in one go and do. Yeah. But it's I love the movie. I think it's it's an
3: absolutely fantastic movie. Really do. Um, and I, I apologise. I mean that was a beautiful bit of music there and I'm bringing it down to Elizabeth McGovern's butthole I'm oh. really sorry about that but it wasn't associated <laughs> okay. with that
4: theme it <laughs> <laughs> that was part of, if you look at the score
3: soundtrack you know the instance it says butthole that's the, <laughs> the butthole theme yeah the yeah. butthole theme okay and for a second then when you said Once Upon a Time in America I thought it was a Tarantino movie but obviously that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood isn't yeah. it
4: yeah which is why he called Once Upon a Time to be in with the Leone movies right say. Right, But um, I would also sense. recommend listening to Once Upon a Time in the West if you've never heard that. I mean, you would have heard the iconic theme, but that's another right. way. But I think Once Upon a Time in America is a lot stronger.
3: Fair enough. Mm. Uh, my number 10 was one that I've literally, about 10 minutes before I uh, first started talking to Neil, slipped into my top 10 because I'd completely forgotten about it until somebody mentioned it in the honourable mentions. Um, and it's, it's this one. i can remember having like i can remember watching this movie and it was one of those things that that i want to be a dj because like robin williams was just it was like quintessential robin williams like Mm. fast talking fast paced just like so funny um but the music is it's the first one we've had so far that isn't a score it's just a collection of Mm. 60s songs that were like some of them are like I use the i word iconic, like iconic Vietnam themes, theme songs, if you like. But yep. nowhere to run, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, I Get Around, The Beach Boys, Game of Love, Wayne Fontana. There is just some fantastic songs in there, and I had that soundtrack on tape. I think it was, and I played it to absolute death. Mm. Not just, but the the beauty of it is, which I think is a good soundtrack, is it has audio from the movie so it has all the Adrian Cronauer bits sort of dotted oh, in yeah. it, and yeah. and it's just it's a fantastic and it's been a long time since I've heard the album but I was listening to it before I sort of we got online with Neil and I thought god I need to listen to this album more it is just a fantastic collection of songs but obviously they fit really well into the narrative of the movie as well which I think some soundtracks will just try and find a good collection of songs and will Let's stick this one on a jukebox in the background because it's mm. then on the soundtrack, Whereas these are part of, like, I'm sure what I, mean, I never went to Vietnam, obviously, but a lot, of, lot of um, Vietnam movies seem to have the same kind of soundtrack songs. If that makes sense, yeah. yeah. And so they almost get you get the feel of Vietnam from those songs,
2: yeah, of that period almost, yeah, exactly. What's exactly. popular, yeah.
3: exactly? But I would thoroughly recommend anybody uh, and finishes with uh, "What a Wonderful World" by um, Louis Armstrong. So. No. Uh,
2: Love that song. Definitely
3: recommend that one. Okay then, Paul, your number nine.
2: So my number nine is the Dark Knight by Je- uh, Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's it's just so epic, and um, it was like obviously when we I remember the experience of going to the cinema for that. It was like first time in a long while when I was younger when it, it came out, and it was like people actually queuing to go in to see the film. I think, oh, this is going to be a real treat to go and see this film. And there's still so much hype about it. And it was just, you know, obviously it like IMAX cameras and everything, all the booming sound and everything. And it was like the... the We started Why So Serious? Mm. Obviously the opening bit, and then it leads, and, and on the soundtrack it leads into I'm Not a Hero. And it's just such a strong build and just builds, it builds, it builds, it grows and grows. And when you listen to the headphones, especially it kind of does that reverb like left to right channel as well and part of it and it just sounds really epic and then like uh, Like a Dog Chasing Cars uh, the one that's like probably the most like memorable of of the film kind of like the one I think it's more like at the end of the film when um, Batman's riding on the motorcycle almost near the end credits it kind of fits into that and it's again it's just like oh this is this is so awesome and just gives mm. you the, the feels and every time I listen to it I just take him back to seeing the film then and and just just blown away and it's
4: every time every time it kind of gives you goosebumps yeah i had the yeah. pleasure of um well it was with your brother uh pav we went to a 4am showing in london at the big imax at waterloo for the dark night <laughs> uh i know crazy but that's the one thing i remember really well obviously the imagery and the visuals that they yeah. filmed on the imax camera but the soundtrack when it boomed out to me it started i started to think of batman straight away over um Danny Elfman's Batman a little Uh bit now um because that that became associated to me I mean obviously we had the TV series Batman 66 as a kid that was the Batman thing but um that then became the Batman theme and I think the Dark Knight one is slowly eking out the uh Danny Elfman there you go controversial to some controversial
3: Neil controversial Mm. Paul where do you stand on um uh what Was number three Dark Knight Rises?
2: I didn't mind that so much. Um, it's been a while since I've actually seen it, to be honest. So, um, all I kind of remember is you know, um, Tom Hardy doing the, the Bane voice, but most mm. <laughs> mostly, but um, I don't think it was that bad from what I can recall. So, I think it's due a rewatch, but obviously, the Dark Knight with um. Heath Ledger doing playing the Joker is just such a mm. her, her iconic role, and just mm. plays me
3: from that. I was wondering because because I've seen I think Dark Knight Rises probably four or five times, and like oh. every time I watch it, I get more angry because of the plot holes. <laughs> and I don't know, has there ever been a movie like obviously that's my personal opinion, but mm. where the Dark Knight is up there as one of the greatest movies ever made. Has there ever been such a drop off between like a, a movie and then the next one in the series?
1: Yeah. Because for me, it's
3: a massive drop off. It really ruins the whole trilogy. What could be a perfect trilogy? Yeah. Rise definitely. of Skywalker. Yeah, but then the Last Jedi sort of
2: from yeah I don't really, know they're, they're all kind of mm, me yeah, and, yeah. yeah it's like a staircase just, okay. but to <laughs> me <laughs> that's like a staircase they just I oh, know yes, but insane. to
4: me the the difference between The Last Jedi and Rise of
3: Skywalker is... Yeah, they're
2: all vastly different. It's yeah. vast.
3: I don't think it's as vast as Dark Knight. And no, Dark Knight. no, 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 I think. But no. That's, again, my my opinion. It'd be interesting, Paul, if you watched it again, what you, what you would think of it. It's just, there are just certain moments in it you think, well, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And... Mm-hmm yeah let's not go into the whole uh, no. the plot holes of, <laughs> yeah. but of great set pieces in it oh there's no, i'm not saying there isn't great set pieces it's just that that when you watch it oh, like the first time you watch it there yeah, you'll in you'll enjoy the spectacle of the movie mm. if you watch it again and again you sort of think well that bit doesn't quite make sense and, and what if he's doing that why is that like that and, and then you start questioning yourself like, instead uh-huh. of watching yeah. the movie which then is a bad sign to, to how a movie is made there you go made loads of money so yeah. what if I find out? Uh, go on then Neil you're number nine so again uh, I
4: surprised myself with how low down it is on the list but when I compare it to what else I've got on there it's probably why Pulp Fiction of course um, it's got great songs it's a typical Tarantino interspersed with dialogue from the movie great opening track you know because it's got the uh, Tim Roth and uh, Amanda Plummer bit um, opens the whole soundtrack Great songs. They even had um, a hit off of it, didn't they? Um, I can't remember the name of the band now. "Girl, you'll be a woman soon." Became a. I remember seeing it on Top of the Pops. There you go. What they were that they were there on Top of the Pops. The band was, yeah. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, playing it. Um, but it's. Um, tarantino is probably now one of the the greatest guys of putting music to movies you know songs to movies to scenes yeah. and then we, again banding around the i and then making those scenes because of the songs really iconic um and it's got a load in pulp fiction i don't know what is it did you buy the cd or or the back in the day when it came out it was CDs then, we didn't mm-hmm. have streaming in '94. I, I
3: didn't, to be perfectly honest. I had the poster, which I'm pretty yeah. sure majority, majority of people had the poster, but I didn't buy the. No,
2: it's, yeah. a, it's got, a good soundtrack. I've got the the, the soundtrack on vinyl. So. Oh
3: wow! Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah, that's
2: more, more recent though, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The songs in that are, again, like particular scenes, like you think to the um, the Jack Rabbit Slims, and they're doing yeah. the. Uh, the uh chuck,
3: berry,
4: isn't chuck it?
2: berry there we go sorry yeah
3: I'm blanking there <laughs> yeah 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 that's it, the it, thing he's got a gift of of choosing songs and even really well-known songs and making them more i think we're mm. going to say iconic a lot in this podcast well it, it does because it
4: yeah. makes the scene doesn't it if that's what we're talking about music you forget it's there but if you were to watch certain scenes you know i mean well a totally different film but if you were to think of jaws
3: without that iconic music it wouldn't be the same without it yeah so but the other thing is he'll also take an iconic song say like uh, stuck in the middle with you which was a mm. massive hit before reservoir dogs you play that to pretty much anybody now and all they'll think of is the ear cutting scene
1: yeah in reservoir
3: dogs <laughs> yeah yeah it's not about the history of the song it's no. it's about that's what it brings into your mind mu- or little green bag yeah.
1: yeah, you're Walking thinking of, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah that's exactly what you'll think of and that's that's one of Tarantino's gifts I think is is the way that he can take something and he can make you think of the movie instead of the song mm. if that makes sense good one Neil have you got the you got the soundtrack Neil have you
4: yeah yeah, yeah. I've got it on CD I bought it when it when I first saw the movie like I th- I th- I've bought a lot of his soundtracks to be fair
3: okay mm. fair enough um my number nine is pretty much similar is is similar to Good Morning Vietnam in the fact that it's it's uh, from one of my favourite movies. It's Forrest Gump. Um, okay, and and this one is great because it goes through the life of Forrest Gump from a little boy when he's um, when Elvis comes and stays at his um, his house. So you have got Hound Dog going right through to like, Vietnam. So it's I think it may have some of the, a couple of the songs that are also in, that are on the uh, Good Morning Vietnam. But um, I don't know what to do with myself, Rebel Riser, uh, Fortunate Son, Respect, Aretha Franklin. There's some just great songs. But Mm -hmm. it's also got a couple of nice little bits. Again, Beach Boys, Bob Dylan, everything from the 60s that you want. Uh, Mrs. Robinson, San Francisco, be sure to wear flowers in your hair. Oh, dear. Turn, turn, turn. There's just so many things. But also it's got some nice parts of the soundtrack as in the score as well mm. um, which is great but then it's all very 60s I um, think you like Forest Gump Neil don't you? I love Forrest Gump.
4: Yeah, I've four? actually grown to appreciate it even more really the older I'm getting yeah yeah
2: it's um, yeah I, I do I do enjoy the film um, I remember very much blubbering my eyes out near the end but um, I'm a bit skeptical as to whether to, Sophie should see it because she's like, I don't want to cry. <laughs>
3: <That's>
2: it. it's going to make me it. sad. I don't want to see it. So I feel like it's something that we should we should cover at some point. But um, absolutely,
3: yeah. absolutely, because yeah. it's 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 a movie that's not just it is sad, obviously, yeah. but it's yeah. also like really funny in places. Yeah. It's um, full of joy as it's well. It's got everything. It's got mm. everything. You absolutely fall in love with Forrest Gump, the character. Um, Tom Hanks is fantastic in it yeah absolutely. um I think for my for I, during the top ten movie villains I had Jenny as my I think number two movie villain Good, I, think, yeah, so I think I think she's terrible you. I think she's a horrible person <laughs> but think again <you> <laughs> yeah listen to that episode if you want to get my full feelings on on that uh okay then paul your number eight please
2: so my number eight, oops sorry my number eight um is more of a recent one actually um we covered this film as part of our podcast um, and kind of got rekindled with in love with the soundtrack, and it is Little Shop of Horrors.
4: Oh, brilliant.
2: So, um, yeah, this has got the whole, like, R&B soul vibe to it, as sort of, well with the, the lead three ladies mm. uh, doing the backing vocals and stuff. And then the cast do a fantastic job as well. Singing singing the songs and everything, and you feel there's so much emotion in it as well. Like in um, somewhere that's green, that kind of gives me like the happy vibes of like even though it's like very soulful and gets to the core of everything, it just makes me feel Mm. that's great. And then, um, Levy Stubbs from the Four Tops in the voice of Audrey 2 and that, yeah. those are my favorite songs like Feed Me and Mean Green Mother from Outer Space they're just those songs and they're songs that you can just you can pick out and just listen to them on their own you don't need the film to enjoy them as such because again they're just so strong on their own you, can, mm. you know they can, if you of yeah,
3: great soul songs yeah yet, exactly. in, on that same track. Absolutely. I
2: forgot about that one.
3: Oh, so yummy. <laughs> yeah. And even Steve Martin's
4: little cameo. Oh uh, the
2: dentist, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny.
4: Yeah. That's yeah. a great, a great, that song. A great, one. The, great song. Did you
3: ever see the um like the behind the scenes of how they did Audrey 2? It's like it's fascinating that they shot it in like half speed.
2: Yeah, so Rick Moranis right, yeah. had to
3: do all the movements in like slow motion, like actual slow motion, and then they sped it up.
2: Yeah, because was it was how, like a Jim Henson puppet. Thing yeah, so, there was, was like, like five dress, or six
3: people yeah. all doing it, doing Audrey yeah. too, and they had to do it really slow, and then they sped the film up to normal speed. It's fascinating. If I can find that bit of footage, I'll put it in the uh, Patreon uh, video playlist because it's it is fascinating. You don't even realize that. When they're doing it, it must have been an absolute ball ache to make the movie. But um, yeah. that's a yeah, it's a great, great soundtrack. Right yeah. from the very first song, the Skid Row
2: song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you um, seen the Have you seen the director's cut of the film? Because that's no. vastly that's oh oh wow. Because um, that's what kind of turned me around on um, like making that that uh, my score a ten for that film because um, the the in the, the, the director's cut which they they originally showed to test audience they were like no we can't have the the the, the plants taking over the world because that's what kind of happens at the end of that mm. one when they first showed it to people and they said no we want a happy ending so that um audrey and seymour go you know skip off into the sunset basically in the 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 the, the theatrical court i suppose and then the the other one so there's a you know there's a lot more of the audrey's Audrey 2's, like, taking over New York and everything, all these big, massive sets of things. So, like, a kaiju film, basically. Wow. Um, so, that, that's, like, that's just the ending I like, and that's just, that's won it for me, so.
4: Yeah, they sort of yeah. imply it in the original cut, don't they? Because when they're walking up the garden path with their white picket fences yeah. and that, they it zooms down and there's a Diddy Audrey in their garden, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. Oh, suddenly seymour yeah i know <laughs>
4: great
3: that's a great one very good okay then yeah. Neil, you're number eight so this movie um a lot of
4: people i know haven't seen it i love the movie it's very much a 90s movie it's empire records um uh in the cast you've got rennie zellweger you've got the i can't think of his name now but um anyway there's a great cast of up and coming liv tyler's in it um But the music is very, very eclectic in it. You might go from Gwar, which is a really heavy metal band, through through to Dire Straits and Romeo and Juliet, and you've got Video Killed, the Radio Star, and then all these songs are put in there in their exploits. So the story is, they all work in this record store called Empire Records. The guy that's locking up the night before decides on a whim to take all the takings and put it on a bet, loses all the money. They then corporation wants to come in and buy the store and they need to get the money back to stop it being bought. And how do they do that? Uh, it's, it's just a great soundtrack. Like I said, it's very, very eclectic, but it's very listenable. And, yeah, I don't know whether you guys have seen this movie, have you? No. no. I've heard the
3: name of it, but I've never ever looked in to see what it's about or... Yeah. or anything to be perfectly honest right
4: it's great it's a great great fun film it's a lot of fun in there and like i say it's, it is of its time and it's very 90s but okay. you know that's my generation i don't feel it's a dated <laughs> but um yeah i just i really do love it and the whole bit there's they've got what they call rex manning day always makes me laugh um i won't go into too much of that but yeah, that's funny. Just Rex Manning and blue cheese sauce. That's who's who's
3: Rex Manning?
4: He's a he's a so say a, a bit of a washed up singer who was a celeb sort of before he got to this, you know, a few probably a decade before. And they have him to do a store signing for his new single. Uh, oh. And it became a, a bit of a catchphrase, you know, don't be sad today. It's Rex Manning Day. <laughs> <I can't remember. laughs> I've never heard of that before. Have you not? You can get I've t-shirts not. with it on and all sorts.
3: Yeah. I've never even heard the name Rex Manning. Should I have heard the name Rex Manning?
4: No, probably not if you've not seen the movie. I mean, like I say, the movie is of its time and a lot of people, um, yeah, probably not seen it now. It wasn't even that successful back then. But Renny Zellweger in it, if you don't fall in love with that. Yeah. She was gorgeous in that one.
3: Okay. That's fair enough, um so my number eight is a movie that's probably my top ten movies of all time, and uh it's called Field of dreams oh. i had this I had this soundtrack, and I played this to death because it's it's a little bit like Braveheart in the fact that the main theme is one of the most beautiful pieces of music I think I've ever heard in my life. I just tried to look at it on um on uh apple music and i can't find the soundtrack on there at all so i'm a bit gutted but i think yeah this is the the theme but we're not going to have time here to get to the actual crescendo of the uh spoilers dad do you want to have a catch moment where the music is playing and swirling around but it is beautiful it goes i think apart from the obvious movies that i think are perfect which you can see by my decor in my in my studio this is probably one of the most perfect movies i think i've ever seen in my life and if we ever do our top 10 of perfect movies near which i'm sure we will at one time i'm telling you now this will be in it and we'll be near the top of the music it's one of those again one of those movies when you tell somebody what the the movie is about like you know a guy you know, uh digs up his crops so that a load of dead baseball players can come and play on a baseball field. You go, what? That sounds ridiculous. Mm. But when you watch it, God, it gets you in the fields. It gets you in the feels so many times, and the and the, you know, the end just absolutely just is beautiful and magical, and it's Kevin Costner just at his absolute best. Who did the score? James Horner did it the was score. James James, Horner.
1: Good. Did, yeah, good and it is
3: um yeah i don't want to say too much about the movie because i will talk about it when we do our top 10 perfect movies <laughs> one uh, day well, that, that frightens is... me trying to pick top 10 perfect movies well it's oh. a, that to be fair you could do a whole podcast every week of your top 10 perfect mm. movies and have a different one every week yeah. can't you yeah. Yeah. you just can't have you seen
2: field of dreams paul no I, i've got to say what the it's... hell is going on <laughs> <laughs> is it because obviously i think it's like a, it's a sports film i'm not big on sports, so it's like is it one of
3: those things that you wouldn't need to know a great deal about no it's baseball it's baseball it's not it's not as i mean look again if we did top 10 sports films which i'm sure we will again it may well be just because it's got baseball as a theme yes but it's it's more about family and it's more about okay fathers and sons and and loss maybe and loss it's it's not it's not the sort of thing where you need to know how many run outs they had? I don't know. Is that okay, what they call it in baseball? Right. Yeah, I think
2: it's one of those things that's just been under the radar really for me. Mm, like, I, yeah. uh, there's other things I'll check out before that one, but it sounds interesting. I, was, if you I would yeah, I would say it. it's an so emotional ride. Right? Then I'm. It would be a perfect episode like yeah.
3: for you and Sophie to do because. Yeah. You know, Sophie may cry, and uh, <laughs> you can, so may you, maybe I watch it.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. blame
3: us, you can blame us yeah. for it then. But yeah. I, every single time I watch it, I cry. Every single I time need I need
4: to do. watch it again, it's been a long time since I've watched it, and I need to watch it again. It is a beautiful film, Paul. There's no two ways about it, it's okay. just such a lovely film. And, it, and Kevin
3: it Costner has got the hair, I would love to have his hairstyle, even though it's an 80s, well, late 80s, early 90s hairstyle. Oh my god, he just he is an absolute he's a dreamboat in that movie but listen to that I mean oh it's just beautiful oh god I can feel my bottom lip trembling already okay <laughs> Uh Paul you're number seven then please
2: yep so it's going to be the first animated film on the list Okay. Sandra, and it is a Studio Ghibli film and it is My Neighbor Totoro
4: okay, okay. yeah I've only um, ever seen this one, so I don't recall the soundtrack at all. Okay.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's probably um, like you say, if you're watching the film, you kind of pick it up as you're going through the film because it's quite like an easygoing film anyway. So and the, the line, there's the storyline, there'sn't isn't a great deal going on for it. It's quite like a simple beat. Mm. And so there's no like th- big threats or anything like that. It's nothing major, but it's just such a nice, relaxing film and the film kind of reflects that in a way which is quite nice as well because it's kind of like upbeat like, like moments and then it's kind of like a slow like fly the flute or piano pieces through it and it's just really nice and relaxing and I've got a soft spot for anime and uh, we went to the um when, I mean so if we went to Japan we went to the Studio Ghibli Museum and that kind oh, of wow. obviously seen all that all the stuff in in, in the in, in there it was just fantastic it was like, a, like a kid in a toy shop really like look at all this amazing stuff and like what's inspired me from doing animation and stuff it's it's, it's fantastic and and this and this film is just something I, an easy one to put on and the music i just like to put on whenever it really is everyone nice nice calming vibe to it
3: mm. i have to say i'm an absolute novice when it comes to studio Ghib- ghibli is that how say it? G-
2: yeah I, before i, I was Gib- it was ghibli but i think it learned it's that they they pronounce it as ghibli so it's either or it's I, you yeah. n- not wrong either way really
3: but yeah I, i'm but so many people i know that have, have seen uh, spirited away is another one i think is yeah. such a good movie is that you, you should great. just watch them all because they are mm. all just like fascinating and fantastic yeah. so i, I, I
2: yeah. yeah i need to to do that
4: graveyard of the flies
2: yeah, the it graveyard
3: of the fireflies. Yeah,
4: that's yeah. The, that's the saddest
2: one. But um, that's harrowing yeah. for a harrowing,
3: cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And God, Neil, you've seen a lot of harrowing stuff. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, that is. It really is. So, but
4: they're all sort of beautifully drawn, beautifully animated. Yeah. But start with uh, something like, I don't know, Spirited Away would be a good start. That's, that's a good bench, yeah, mainstream mm. benchmark.
2: Yeah. And then uh, Totoro as well is probably a good one as well yeah. to get into. Yeah
3: okay okay Neil number seven please oh brother where art though yeah this was close to mine it was yeah what more can I say
4: it's a great movie George Clooney's one of his funniest roles yeah. um we're in a tight spot <laughs> but the, the music um it's uh, was it bluegrass is it um back in the 1920s um uh just it is really integral to the plot um, but right down to the they've got beautiful music as well that whole christening uh, christening is it christening what baptism scene
3: baptism yeah
4: and um, down by the river it's such a beautiful song I mean I don't know whether it's old or not I've got the soundtrack myself on CD still and it's one that I still put I've got a few of the songs on my playlist but and soggy bottom boys the songs there it's just catchy is it rick rubin did it i believe
3: um i think it was
4: yes yeah. yeah yeah so it's well produced it's well i mean when you watch the movie they did it that well i genuinely thought george Clooney had sung that song i know yeah. it was only later that i found out that he didn't but have you ever seen this movie Cohen brothers movie um
2: Paul? Uh, you, yes i have yeah i remember i was like the, the soggy mom boys with the man of constant sorrow that's what i why i think of that when someone says that the title of the film that's why i mm. immediately go to of that from that's that soundtrack in particular when they're doing the obviously the recording and the iterations they do later on as well yeah yeah
4: i love it yeah. i love it but, yeah it's a really catchy songs and it it? it's yeah. sort of timeless yeah. aren't they again
3: yeah, and uh, yeah, George Clooney is about as close to Clark Gable in that movie as I think he could <laughs> ever be. I, yeah, but funnier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but funnier. Yeah, I actually watched um, From Dust Till Dawn for the first time in ages. Uh, great movie. Saturday, That's no, Friday night. I really enjoyed it. God, I haven't mm-hmm. seen it for so long, and I don't. I I can't. I don't put, think I put it in my top ten horror movies, and I can't understand why I never. Because it's almost not like
4: a horror movie. Yeah, it's like it's two like, halves in it. Yeah, yeah. You've got the gangster movie into a horror movie. I it don't is, know. But it is what so, genre you'd put? So
3: batshit shit crazy. But it's just like again, George Clooney is just fantastic in it. Everybody's yeah. fantastic in it. I don't know why I'm talking about that because you're talking about Oh Brother, where are they? Like, sorry. Yeah, we uh, digress. But we do digress as always. Yeah. Yes.
4: But the Coens are quite good with their music, aren't they? They they're a bit almost like Tarantino. They find the right music for the right. Film or scene, and they got it to perfection to me. You know, brother, where are out there,
3: yeah, yeah, completely agree. Another person that is very good at fitting music to movies, uh, and is my number seven. I've cheated a little bit, I've got a volume one and a volume two of this, but it's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's James Gunn, I think he's yeah. fantastic at picking yeah. songs. Um, yeah. I remember watching the trailer for the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And this came on, I thought it was just <laughs> absolutely it fitted the tone of the movie absolutely perfectly. And the the choice of songs in both of volume one and volume two, the start of volume two with Mr. Blue Sky and Group like dancing while <laughs> everybody around, else is, yeah. yeah, is absolutely fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Um and I've got I bought both. And also the, the whole idea that these are on a mixtape that Peter Quill's mum gave to him is, fan- is great as well because then it gives a little bit of context to the songs and why the songs are on you know on on both cassettes if you like uh-huh. uh, but some yeah some really good songs and also it's some of them are songs that I did I had never heard of before like Moon Age Moon Age Daydream which is a Bowie song I'd never heard before uh wham bam shangalang which is that's a great name for a song that isn't it um oh what was the one? Oh, the pina colada song which i do i've heard that one before i love that song but it's just the way that he puts his visions to those bits of music perfect i think he is just as good as quentin tarantino in picking movies uh, songs to go in specific parts of his movie uh thoughts paul
2: yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that because I've, like I say, I've got the, um, I did have the CD for initially for both, both of them, and then I've got upgraded and got them on vinyl as well. So I do play those, spin those tracks, and they're just so eclectic with them, um, with what they've got on there. And I do like, you know, like rock and roll type of things it's from my dad as well. He's he likes that kind of music, obviously. So it's um, picking up from from that, and then the, again, you got like things that I've never even heard of before, like um, was it Come and Get Your Love by yeah. Redbone. And I love that song. It's yeah. so great. It's so catchy. And it just, again, like when the credits come up in the first film and just like, doom, bang, bang, right there when he's dancing around, it's just, ah, it's fantastic. And, and, and again, you pick up moments from from that film as well. And both of them, in fact, when, I remember, like say, group dance at the beginning of with Mr. Blue Sky and everything. And it's what you kind of think to when you think back to listen to those songs. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, Neil. Well, I couldn't.
4: I couldn't add much more to what Paul said. Really, I concur with everything he's just said. I mean, it is. Oh God, we're going to use it again. It's become iconic, hasn't <laughs> it? Come and yeah. get your love has been is you associate it straight with Guardians of the Galaxy, the soundtrack you hear. Guardians of the Galaxy, the song you just played. Um, <clears throat> I would associate it probably more with another soundtrack still, but I'll explain why later on in the list.
3: Okay. That's fair um, enough. I won't play yeah. it again then though. We'll find something else.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh go on then Paul. Your number six.
2: My number six. Uh, I've got something physical to obviously for the video, it'll make more sense, but I will say it also. It oh right. A yeah. orange.
4: Great soundtrack. And the
2: chips,
4: well a lot and of Beethoven, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, when I saw this in um first time in like film studies um back in when I was in high school. Um we were we were discussing the film and then it's kind of like that's where I kind of got my taste for classical music from. Obviously yeah. not going out and um, do you know doing ultra violence or anything like that, <laughs> I promise. What about a but, bit of the uh, le- outie Yeah. <laughs> 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 but um no, I just like this, this the score on that and then obviously that merge between like like electronic mm. um classical as well. It's like a weird combination yeah. like this. I've never heard anything like this. It sounds very alien almost. Um and just again, like again, uh, iconic things for like picking out scenes from that, like when they're walking along the the, the, the canal, and Alex kind of like knocks his, his droogs into the water, and it's like a, mm. the Thieving Magpie, I, I believe, that plays, and it's kind of that slow motion moment where that happens, and, and things like that that's just um, really stand out for me. Um, mm. And again, you, you don't have to necessarily think of the the, the, the what the, the score is from that because obviously this classical music has been around for ages but it, it, it kind of cemented some of the with the Beethoven stuff obviously that was used in this film is when I listen back to it it's like oh yeah I can I can relate yeah. from that so it's just nice to have
4: that again in the background. It is. And then they intersperse it with a little ditty, like, I want to marry a lighthouse Lighthouse keeper. certainly in and things. Yeah, Yeah, it's really bizarre. Because obviously people who are film buffs will know the story that it wasn't banned. It was Kubrick that pulled the movie from Britain. And it took years. So I was in Holland in late 80s, early 90s, and they had it in the video shop. And -hmm. it was region free back then. All I had to endure were these crappy little Dutch subtitles that went along the bottom. And I thought, I have to see this film. There's no other way I'm going to be able to get it. So I paid however many guilders it was back then, bought the movie, fell in love with it, played it to death, the movie, over and over, and then bought the soundtrack myself. I think, you know, who doesn't love a bit of number nine with a bit of ultra violence? <laughs> but it is, it's great. New Made
3: New you news. the man you are today, didn't it? New it does,
4: it does, yeah.
3: <laughs> it really does. Except for my retinas, I haven't grown back. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've only seen that movie once.
2: Yeah, it's not a, obviously not a, an easy one to get through. To be fair, but I I do enjoy coming back to the film like every every so often, really. But right. it always sticks out with me. I forget I forget. Obviously, the content is quite graphic, but mm. it just stands in my mind really. to see how mm. well Kubrick works. And like Shining is a, um, the favorite of mine, so I'm a big fan of Kubrick's work. Yeah.
4: I went to sit on the big screen um, again in London. I went to watch it and I had to, and it really holds up on the big screen. I'd, I highly recommend seeing it. But also, if you haven't done it, have you ever read the book? Because they talk about, obviously, Beethoven. I
2: tried to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got very far with it. I'm more, obviously, to, to do with visual things these days, Is more easier to digest than it is to read, yeah. unfortunately. But it's, yeah, a bit of a, oh. I need to go back to it, I think.
4: And it's all written in the Druks language, yeah. so yeah. it's all the way through. So it takes a while. It's a bit like Train Spotting, where if you've ever read that, there's hardly any punctuation in it, and it's all written okay. in Scottish slang. <laughs> but once you get your head into it and it starts yeah. flowing, you then read it as you would watch it. But I would highly recommend reading the book because a Corey... bit like
3: Shakespeare, like trying to read Shakespeare. Mm. So after a while, you start getting into the into the yeah, rhythm, the rhythm, of it. yeah, That's yeah. It but recommend finishing there you up. go a nice bit of light reading recommendation for you there yeah <laughs> reading something reference. sort of in scottish with no punctuation yeah yeah
4: um well no the clockwork orange isn't in scottish with no punctuation. I, know. Yeah, I know i mean that's just written in the drugs language uh, but it is a thin book it's not very thick anthony burgess didn't write a very thick book on it so right.
3: are there pictures neil no, only uh, on the cover. Then it's not my kind of book. Then I just I I can't be doing with that if it's I mean, all words. It's up
4: in my bookcase there, I've got it. But I was actually given a copy that was um, probably from the late sixties. A friend of mine found it in their mum or something book and said, "Would you like this?" And I was like, "Yes, please." <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> well, it's nice to have one of the original presses of a book.
3: I love books, I don't so. think there's been a more Alan Partridge moment that you've ever done then than that bit. <laughs> well, yes, please. <laughs> Just then, well, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. That was on, polite, wasn't That it? was very polite. Go on, and Neil, your number six. So, another very early night
4: of showing my uh, generation of when I was in my 20s, wouldn't I? Uh, Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater. It's um, a movie where he plays uh, an aspiring illegal secret DJ called Happy Harry Hardon. Um, he is. It's
3: and he's not. that's not his name. It is. Happy Harry Hardon. That's his DJ name. That's not yeah. his name. It is. You, have you watched this movie? I've never watched this movie. Right, well, you'd it. understand why. Happy Harry is. Hardon is his yeah. name.
4: No, it's the DJ name he goes under. It's not his character's name. It's the DJ's name. And it's very rude. I mean, he's pretending to masturbate on air and all sorts of things. Oh but it Lord. deals with a lot of... Um, it's Christian Slater when he's uh, is really cool. When he was very cool, you know, he's just about to go into damn true romance and do all of that. Uh-huh. And he plays this high school um, nerd. He's very quiet, very, doesn't socialise very much. He then, he's the illegal DJ at night and everybody loves him and all wants to know what it is. And then it, a suicide, I don't want to say too much, a suicide happens, yeah, don't which could bring much. everything down. But I highly recommend it. But it's, it's full of just great music. So you've got, you know again eclectic you've got the pixies with iced tea with Semisonic with all sorts of people mixed in and um yeah i just love the soundtrack i still listen to a lot you know a lot of the songs now they are on my playlist um and it was always it's always refreshing to get a bit of leonard cohen in a movie to me and they add it in there so
3: well, I mean, there also have to be suicide in it if Leonard Cohen's has a song in it. He's hey, always not people I love. Hey, Leonard Cohen's great. I'm not saying that. You know how I feel about Leonard Cohen. Yeah. And I know I respect your feelings on Leonard Cohen. <laughs> They're two completely different views on Leonard yeah. Cohen. <laughs> Are you a fan
2: of Leonard Cohen? I can't say I've listened to much of his stuff, but my dad's a big fan. Um, yeah. he's, he really raves about it. He's like one of his favourite artists, so... Yeah, I
4: guess you're probably on your level with that. Yeah, I just, I find it very, uh, a song for every occasion for me. (laughs) And they're all sad.
0: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.
1: Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: Oh, sad. Okay. Uh, My number six, uh, one of the most successful soundtracks I think ever released. Um, We had a little bit on the. uh, We had a little bit of that, but we'll... uh, We'll go with this one. Saturday Night Fever. Um, I can remember. I don't even know if I've seen the movie all the way through. I don't really? think. I, I don't think oh. I have. But this was a this was a soundtrack that, along with Chic and the Eagles, was on constantly in my home when I was small. Like on a Sunday morning, they were the three albums that they would play. My mum and dad when they were getting like Sunday lunch ready, doing like the the cleaning of the house, and it was like banger after banger after banger on that album it was like every single song was and not just the ones uh, that the bee gees did but it's just a fantastic album from start to finish it's a great slice of the 70s and disco and the fact that the the, the bee gees sort of did a complete change of their whole sound mm. this mm-hmm and then started a whole new career if you like in in and whether it was the birth of disco no disco would have been around before that wouldn't yeah. i would have thought yeah. but it i think it brought disco the whole movie with john travolta brought the whole disco genre to the fore didn't it with you know just the way that john travolta looked and danced and the music um Maybe yeah, I need like, to wa- maybe I need to watch the film all the way through. Maybe I'll- I would because yeah, it really, really fits. I mean, yeah.
4: yeah, I would. But make sure you watch the right version because there's two versions. Oh, um, is there Saturday Night Fever? You've got the 18 version. Or it wasn't 18. It'll probably be a 15 now, with all the swearing, the nudity, and then you've yeah, got yeah, yeah, the PG version with everything taken out, and they could put it uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, we don't it- say that. <laughs> yeah but um it starts straight away you remember john travolta carrying the paint pots down the street in his flares and he's strutting his stuff right into the house
3: is that oh right i always thought he, he so the iconic that word again the iconic shot of john travolta's shoulders and he's looking like looking like really cool down the street he's carrying paint pots is he paint tins yeah is he yeah well that's just ruined the whole thing. Look at that then for me. I was no, but, to... I
4: mean he obviously walks again, but it opens at the beginning. They use that shot loads
3: and he's going, he's looking at the ladies. But if you yes.
4: look, he's carrying two tons of is. and
3: is. I've seen this movie, this loads. is a whole Harry Hard on thing again, isn't it? No, no, How not no. Tell no. me that one of the most iconic and cool scenes of John Travolta walking down the street to fucking Saturday Night Fever but it's still
4: and he's cool, carrying yeah. paint but it's pots it's work it's the opening credits the camera work, I presume yeah. I, don't,
2: I, don't, I don't actually remember that myself to be honest but it's been a while since I've seen it but well, obviously I think I'm just more thinking obviously with his yeah. post-up on the feet walking down and then getting like you know, hey how are you doing type of thing but
3: well, <laughs> that's the thing Paul it's, getting, it's like there's a shot of his head and shoulders yeah. he's looking cool then there's a shot what? of his feet now you know why and they're, and they're missing out the fact that he's <laughs> got two tins of cream paint in his arms yeah. well, that's, that's ridiculous worked, he, in the hardware store? no you're Taking the piss on at me uh, now
4: that is ridiculous. No, I'm genuinely not. Do you not even remember the bit when he stood in his wife's in front of the mirror and he, Al Pacino, because somebody said he looked like him and all right, of that. Right, but where's the where's the paint got coming with that? Oh, is they, that's. But he worked for a hardware store.
3: He was not I like need, a I'm going to have dancer. to watch it now. If, He's just an everyday Joe, I, isn't he? I, that, I feel like you've completely shattered my whole illusion. No, you're, the, you'll, the, you'll the, love the, it when uh, you see it. I mean, it is dated badly. Carrying but, paint but, pots. I'll put it in the video playlist if that is the case. You see a shot of him carrying paint pots. Is that what you're telling yeah. me? That's I'm sure it's pretty ridiculous. Pots. I'm sorry, yeah. that just is ridiculous.
4: Oh, Pav. That, that, that's the only reason I watched it a lot. I was the same. My mum and dad had the vinyl with the gatefold sleeve with all the disco stuff, and we used to listen to it. And then it, I suddenly saw years ago, before even the video was around, that it was on a Saturday afternoon and it was the edited version. Right. And I said, okay, that was good. And then it was in my mum and dad's shop. And I said, why is this an X? (laughs) When I've just watched it. And my mum said, I don't know. Take it and watch it again if it was on the... (laughs) That is crazy.
3: Little did I know. And we were allowed to keep the video, which we did.
4: And I used to watch it loads when I was younger.
3: Okay. I'll take your word for it, Neil, because I trust you as a fellow human being. But that has shocked me to my core. Yeah. Anyway, Paul, your number five, please. <laughs> Quick, let's move on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just say that before I do, um, that Saturday Night Film was in, like, probably, like, honourable honorable mentions, really, because it was like, oh, it's really good, but I think there's other ones that are... Okay, yeah, yeah, that's
3: you know, fair though. enough. Yeah, 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 yeah it but, was definitely mine.
2: Yeah, so uh, my number five, that um, was tough to pick out, because well, the old film, all three in the trilogy are great, but the one I have most connection to is... The Fellowship of the Ring. Lord Lord of the Rings. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have the connection from... My mum took me to the cinema to see when I was young. I think it was 2001, I think. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it came German. out. And I just remember, again, like this whole epic fantasy coming to play out on the screen. It was like, oh, it's a really long film. Um, but I was I enjoying it all the way through. And the score just stood out to me from that, again, Howard Shaw yeah. Being a, a great composer and you got the things like the for the prologue obviously the introduction to like all well, the backstory to everything. That's that's great. And then you got like it goes into the Shire music and everything, all about that happy, nice and everything. It's like I really like that um to listen to and just as as it is. And but then you got those really epic moments. Um, you know, like at the top of um was it Weather top I think is one of the the, the bits where the the ring wraiths come and get the hobbits and everything. And then that's just really just wow, that's it's so cool, so mm. dramatic and everything. And even the um the closing song by Enya, May is is that I really like as well. I feel like it's very ethereal and fits the the the, the vibe of the, the film. It's it has and everything. So uh, yeah, just all... Oh. Lord My favourite one
4: of the trilogy. But the music is so fitting for the, the fantasy, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it was from then. Does that exactly. make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, I got what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It just fits so well with everything, all all elements and everything. Um, Just, yeah, just like epic, epic journey and everything. I'm, I'm all for that kind of thing in terms of like video games as well. That kind of fits into that with like Elden Ring and mm. that kind of thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that that's a great that, bit that of Celtic music. that Celtic feel as well isn't it yeah, I mm-hmm. think as yes, along with the that's... the whole fantasy side of it and um swords and elves and But it's become a piece of music like so many like a
4: lot of others where as soon as you hear it you think oh I know exactly what that's from. Yeah. it's, it's become yeah.
3: Embedded, isn't it? It'll be interesting culture. to see with a new TV show, whether the music or stunt stand up mm. to that because that's well, you wanna uh, hope so with the
4: amount yeah. of bloody
3: money they've <laughs> spent on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that's Amazon, yeah. see. Amazon they've yeah. got money to burn, so you yeah. know. But uh yeah, no, I think that's that is intrigued considering that they they're 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 sort of showing it so close to the start of the new like Game of Thrones prequel so, show as well. Yeah. I think they're doing it on purpose but that's a lot of new names and places and names of places to have to try and remember who they are and where they are and i find that sort of very confusing i know i'm very dumb but mm-hmm. it just it's like my name's elveron from Tinkerfon and i'm going to pick to see Dovodon and you just think oh my god it's just too much just kill the man <laughs> for god's that, sake man. it sounds <laughs> intriguing come on amazon i'm available yeah million dollars and i'll well, do it for <laughs> half that eh? i'll do it half that 15 episodes for a series.
4: Well, let's hope it's as strong as they said. So at the time of recording, it hasn't been released, if you're listening to this. That's right. And at the time of recording, it's the most expensive TV series ever,
3: isn't it? It is. is. Let's wait and see. Uh, Gone to nil, your number five, please.
4: So this has now become a musical on the West End. I've not seen the musical, but Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Um, It's the way they incorporate so many famous songs into, um, I, well, obviously a burlesque show. Is it, is that what we're going to call it? Um, yeah. I, I love this soundtrack to this day. I love the medleys they did. The elephant medley is superb. Yuma McGregor sings so great. We've spoken about it time and time again on this podcast, but it's still a musical soundtrack that just is great. Obviously you've got original songs, reimagining of songs i love the jim broadbent i've grown to love it i didn't used to like it when i first watched it the jim broadbent like a virgin i find hilarious now and it's really good really really well done um i love the movie uh pav scared me from going to sit on the west end after what his daughter said so
3: I mean, look, you might, you might enjoy it. I might. They obviously went in there thinking it was going to be something else, but they've changed it and added different songs. They've yeah, really I will go things. and see it, but not while it's 100 quid a ticket no, now. That's ridiculous. It, it is. is. Stick the movie on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Ewan McGregor's fantastic in that, in that mm. movie and got a great singing voice as well.
4: I would love to have seen him in Guys and Dolls, which he did, didn't he, in mm. the early 2000s or what, mid-2000s. Apparently he was phenomenal in that. Who knew? Yeah, Paul.
2: I've only seen the film once, unfortunately. So I think it was at a time where I wasn't really too into musicals, but I've kind of grown more and more to like them now. Mm. So I think it's probably due very much to a rewatch, really, uh, for that. Yeah, but I do remember the, the visually very pleasing film. So uh, mm. the soundtrack I'm a bit less familiar with, but yeah.
3: I get Baz Luhrmann, wasn't it? He's definitely it his own. He's got his own kind of style. Oh
4: well, yeah, it, without, it, without it. a doubt. Tell- yeah without a doubt but a great movie great movie Paul I would highly recommend watching it again just immerse yourself because it is one of those
3: Mm. Uh, okay my number five I think this movie I've probably mentioned more than any other in the whole of the What's this? Episode 56. uh, Of all the other 55 episodes, even ones that have got nothing to do with music or movies, I will talk about this movie. Uh, I had to put this uh, uh, as a soundtrack. It's The Greatest Showman. (laughs) So many times I've talked about The Greatest Showman. Um, There isn't a single, and they're all like original songs. There isn't any songs on there that they've reworked or anything. And every single song on this soundtrack makes me cry like a wuss every single one i don't know why i still don't know why to this day um and they are just perfect pieces of pop music um work fantastically well in the in the movie and and there are so many people in this movie that are just like talented on every level whether it's singing dancing acting looking great Zendaya, Zac Efron, Hugh Jackman—they've all got. Do you know what I mean? They—they they were at the top of the talent tree, and they hit every branch on the way down. Um, uh, there isn't really much more I can say about the greatest showman. So, Paul, have you uh, had the? Dec- have you watched it? Have you enjoyed it? Has it jumped into your heart as much as it jumped into mine? I can't
2: say that it has. <laughs> I've not, have not. I haven't seen it, but I've. I was, I, it's so strange because I've heard a lot of bad things about it, so it's kind of in what it's, way? It's I don't know that people say it was really boring or the songs were rubbish or they just what a waste mm. of time that was. I don't know. It's just a bit of a so that's kind of put me off seeing it honestly because it's like really? but it's it's, it's it's very odd for um, somebody to like say like it's fantastic. It's like one of the favorite things. It's it really sort of intrigues me now because it's like okay, well maybe there's there's something. I'll give it a chance at some point yeah absolutely um, yeah. based on your recommendation of
3: it because um, one thing you don't take it as a historical document on the life of P.T. Barnum because right. from what I've heard P.T. Barnum was a bit of a shit okay. you know he, he wasn't the nicest of people to his his if you want to call them employees right. uh, you know um, so don't take it that it's not like oh this happened and this happened for real because obviously Hugh Jackman is the star and they want him to be this lovable rogue, if you like. Sure. But as sure. a piece of entertainment where it, as a musical. Yeah. Personally, the first time I watched it, I, I've said it before on him. I watched it with my arms folded and my wife, when we came out of the cinema said, you didn't like that. Did you? And I said to her, I fucking loved it. I said, I haven't <laughs> stopped crying for the last hour and a half. And we, I, got, I bought the soundtrack. I watched it again and again. I think we watched it like three or four times at the cinema. And I cried every single time. It just, I, and I still, to this day, what, what year did it come out? Was it 2017, 16, 2016, 17, something like that? Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: I still watch it now and it brings a lump to my throat. And I don't know why. Because, again, it it is not the greatest acted. It's not the greatest, not the most um, original of movies. But there's some gold dust that they've sprinkled on it for some reason. And I don't know why. (laughs) I honestly don't know why. You might watch it and go, well, that was terrible. I'm never going to talk to Pav again because he's wasted like an hour and a half of my life. Um, But, Neil, you love it, don't you? I, I
4: like it. I like it, I, um, I'm not as big a fan as you, um, I don't mind it, I've only seen it a couple of times, that sounds really weird doesn't it, but film geeks all know the same, you always see a film more than once. once. Um, yeah, yeah, the songs are really, there's some songs I find more catchier than others. Yeah, no, I'll give you that, yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't mind it at all. It's, 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 it's what I call,
3: and this isn't disrespectful, but it's a Sunday afternoon movie. That's No, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's not going to win any Oscars for greatest like performances or anything like that, mm. but it is a perfect movie to put on on a Sunday afternoon and just chill and get lost for hour 45 minutes two hours whatever it is yeah
4: and it was also um well known for the critics absolutely hating it but yet it made a shit ton of money it did it did It did really well at the cinema the public love it they they obviously did didn't they yeah and the critics were wrong that time
3: but well i can remember with the first week i think it only took something like it didn't take much in the box office on the first weekend and everyone was going it's a bomb this is gonna bomb and then it stayed in the in the charts and the cinemas for like weeks and weeks and weeks. It did. People and just kept people in, kept they? going back. And like I was like, so I was one okay. of them, just kept going maybe, back.
2: Maybe that's why a, a part of the, the course as well, like, oh, if people were like, there's critics slating it as well. Mm. It's like, oh, well, is that worth really watching? Because I know, like, with where, either two ways, kind of, the critics rave about it and you watch it and go, what, are you, what, what what did I just watch? And sometimes it's the other way around and it's like, it's the audience that, that's the speaking. Uh, to, to to what's what's good and what isn't to mm. yeah. against the critics. So yeah. yeah, I agree. But I
4: would I would i watch it definitely. It's it's worth a watch, and okay. at least you can have your own say on it. And can't you? Yeah, do you agree yeah. with the critics, or do you yeah. agree with Paul?
3: Exactly. But yeah. <laughs> I I shall, I shall wait for the uh, strongly worded email that we get from from <laughs> <wrong> you. <here. laughs> anyway, uh, your number four, then please, Paul. Okay. Uh,
2: this is the other animated film soundtrack and it is how to train your dragon
4: oh, oh, big fan of these movies yeah,
2: by john powell um yeah um coming when i think it was around during university i believe um i think it was first th- so third year of uni and like finish animation course and I've, I've, I've been reminded like this is why i want to do like animation and stuff i'm big Kind of like monsters and dragons, anyway. So a film that's kind of centered around that, and it's the the way that the design and everything is fantastic. And then the one of the standout bits of the the soundtrack for me, there's this great ones like the the opening This Is Burke and Dragon Training and Astrid goes for a spin, which leads into like a romantic flight piece as well. So kind of merge those two together, and that's that's all so ethereal and, and fantastic. But one thing that stands out for me in particular, there's a track at the, the back end of it's called Coming Back Around. Um, where I remember where I think in my parents' car, um, we were in Scotland a trip in Scotland. I had the earphones in and I had on the iPod. This is how long ago this was. Um and 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 we were going over I like I felt the bridges in Edinburgh, it's like the really long one. But I was just looking out over the sea, and I felt like I was actually out there like right flying on a dragon. It felt so good and it gave me goosebumps just listening to that track back. It's and that's why it's like so high up on the list that all the the tracks and that it just takes me back to the childhood, really. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a great movie. It's a great soundtrack. they're all three of them I think are great movies. Mm. They really are. They deal with issues for kids that a lot of cartoons shy away from and it's Mm -hmm. good to see. You know, I just think the animation is brilliant. the mm-hmm. story brilliant. They're right up there with, I think, some of the finest animated movies. Yeah, it?
2: I've rewatched them recently as well, and um, yeah, no, they still stand up. Mm. But the, f- the first one is my, my, my favourite.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is the it is the best. But it's that growing relationship that's so beautiful between uh, between
3: the two of them. Um, yeah. yeah. Have you seen them? No, Never I, seen them, mate. Never <laughs> seen any of them. <laughs> well, there's your homework yeah, then. Yeah, You've yeah. Given, yeah. Uh, Recommend. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. And at least, at least the first one I would recommend if. Are you big into animated films, Pav?
3: Yeah, yeah. I love animated films. I love animated films. I don't know why this is like. I've I've missed it. I don't know why. They have they dropped off my radar, but there's been three of them, has there? Been there three. has. I mean there's been, like, they're not, Netflix shows as well, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah they did yeah. some
4: shorts, didn't they, on Netflix yeah. and that, and the, but they're mainly for kids. If right. You know yeah. I mean, Those the ones shorts. are, yeah, more. Yeah, are, but... the three movies. I mean, Gerard Butler does the voice <laughs> of the father. Of and <laughs> Yeah, I just, I think they're great. I just think they're such good movies. I mean, I think the third one is the weakest of the trilogy. But that, when I say the weakest, that doesn't mean it's bad in any stretch. No, no, no.
3: Yeah.
4: I will. I will give them a go. I will. You need them. to. You really need to. Because remember years ago we had the radio show. Yeah. Uh, I made Loz watch them and she fell in love with them.
3: Oh, did she? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. All right. I will. That's my homework. Yeah. I will put it on my list. Uh, go on then, Neil. You're number four. So you and McGregor, I've spoken about him once.
4: I'm going to speak about him again. Train spotting Again! Another 90s movie. Again, a soundtrack that I play to death. But this has got some of my favourite artists in. You've got your Iggy Pop. You've got Lou Reed. Um, I prefer Blondie, but you had Sleeper doing the Blondie track. Um, Just, I think, again, I mean, that opening um, shot of Ewan McGregor running down the street to Lust for Life with Iggy Pop is just iconic. Uh, Again, I'm going to use it because it is. I love this movie. Again, I think it's a perfect movie, Pab, I really do. Um, But the soundtrack is just of its time. It's a time when I was, you know, we, I was around the same age as the characters that were in it at the time. I got rid of my heroin addiction before that came out. <laughs> I jest! I was not into heroin at all, I was into Ket. Um, so, but it, I just found it fascinating. And, I, w- I hadn't been one of the people that had picked up on the book. I read the book after the movie. Maybe that's why I found it easier to read, because I sort of understood what, you know, because they used the dialogue so well in the movie compared to that. But each song fits the scene so perfectly well. The The perfect day, I still think, is most beautiful in that film when he's sinking, he's, he's obviously OD'd. I oh, mean, yeah. um, BBC nearly ruined it with that all-star Fuck up that they did for charity,
1: yes, yeah. Children in need, would not it? Just
4: yes. awful, but it's a beautiful song. That yeah, that with a great moment. oh yeah, I just love it. Well, I don't know what you guys think of this movie. I, maybe I'm banging the wrong drum. No, no,
2: world. I really, really. It's very gritty and grimy mm. and everything, but it reflects that you, you're kind of there with them in, in the thing with all the, the the drugs that they're doing and everything. Yeah, kind of feel the mood. The mood. The music reflects as well. I like the. Uh, is it? underworld
4: that's songs, it born slippy yeah. when they're slippy. walking away like, on the, the... the yeah, yeah yeah it feels great. like
3: that,
2: that fits in perfectly yeah it mm. seems like that trippy out music yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i love it never seen it um,
3: i'm only joking no of course i have <laughs> of course <laughs> well, i have well, i've been on my bike around this it's away one of those movies <laughs> that, that has <laughs> that has got everything got absolutely yeah. everything there's some amazing funny bits in it but like the, the baby on the ceiling Mm. stuff like that yeah. there's so many harrowing harrowing moments yeah um, i really I can Tra- m- sorry Trainspotting i really enjoy train spotting 2 as well and me
4: I think, I think it's perfectly i mean i would have preferred it if they'd have done it a bit closer to the sequel yeah. of the book
2: yeah but. i think i i kind of remember seeing transport and not being like it's a bit late to be doing this now as a sequel and it's like mm. i know it's supposed to be like maybe like a, a good while after like how they, mm. what they're doing now but i didn't quite might again i think i need to revisit that one because it wasn't too I, I would highly
4: recommend watching it again it's great watching them back to back because then you realize that the time gap is perfect but obviously to allow sure. begbie to get out of jail yeah Okay. and it okay. all fits yeah. um i think it would have worked better like i said as if they'd have been brave enough and gone for the story that the book was because obviously it was called porno wasn't it and it, it was more about a sick boy and how he run
3: up rent, a port. Rent Boy do you, you know. remember that? <laughs> no, I, I remember Renton
4: and Sick Boy put together in one character and become Rent Boy uh, um, yeah yeah that did but yeah he becomes a porn you know uh, mogul and right. they will come back to stay with him uh, but it was nice that all the cast got back together even Diane in a, in a very small role but she was there and nonetheless it was
3: I just yeah. I really, it's grown on me yeah really it's grown good grown on me Mm. Really enjoyed that. Um, okay, my number four. I mean, every single song on this soundtrack is the I word. So uh, it's the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's one of the coolest movies of all time. Um, but every single song, again, on the soundtrack, it's all great soul stuff. Uh, mm. But they fit. It fits well in the context of the song uh, of the movie. Even if they do have like proper musical moments where you have like an entire block just starting to do the twist, uh, with, with Ray Charles and stuff like that, it's just a fantastic song, fantastic movie, fantastic cast, and um, not much more you can really say about it. There I isn't, think, it's, it's iconic yeah. in itself as, as a movie. Absolutely, yeah. It
4: was in my top 10, but I, I just thought, oh, I can't, I'm gonna, it's gonna have to, it needed to be a top 20 again. <laughs> But it is, every song is just superb. John Belushi is so good. What a great entertainer, isn't he? Yeah, i always
3: forget actually. that Carrie Fisher was in it. That was the one thing, I always forget that she was in yeah. yeah,
4: she was, wasn't she dating,
3: um, oh, I can't remember now. Was it, was it Dan Aykroyd she had a th- thing with? Uh, she, she may well have done, but she always it, famously so said that she preferred kissing John Belushi to Harrison Ford. Mm. She <laughs> did. So, uh, uh Paul?
2: Yeah, no, I can't fault you for picking that one because it's such a good soundtrack. I like my soul music and um, like one of my favourite scenes, obviously, when Aretha Franklin does um, the, the think yeah. in the in the cafe. And um, that's like one of my favourite songs anyway. So that, that sounds like... We, we covered this uh, a while back, me and Sophie did, um, and, she, and she really seemed to enjoy the film and she couldn't fault the, the music in that as well. And again, it's iconic, just like with everything that goes on in that film. And just all fits really well. Yes,
3: it's fine. It's so good. Four fried chickens and a coke. I I always (laughs) want to have that for my tea. I know
4: one question. Have you seen it recently? Uh about two or three months ago. Where in that movie is See You Next Wednesday? Because I can't remember for the life of me where it was on that one.
3: I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's in the mall. Right. And it's that okay. when there's a, the, the car chase. I'm I'm pretty sure there is a poster on a wall, like in a card shop or something, that says "See you next Wednesday." Okay. I I may be wrong, and I'm sure someone will email us in if I am wrong. But I'm I've got a. Hard, I'm pretty sure that's where it is. Like a mm. car smashes through a front window, and you see a poster that says "See you next Wednesday" on it. Okay, I'm sure it is, but I just can't remember where it was. In that yeah, moment. I'm pretty sure it is. Um okay Paul you're number 3 please
2: number 3 I've uh, got another thing for show and tell Oh lovely uh, yeah so it is Scott Pilgrim oh, versus yes. the World like I think that's probably what, one of the ones that really stands out a bit like the Guardians the 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 Galaxy soundtrack it's like just one of those things that although there's a lot of like techno stuff incorporated into this like the 8 bit soundtrack to it but um the band itself the infamous Sex Bob uh that opening track Is like wow that that's this just hits you right there with the 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 the, the, the theme of the the what well, obviously a band trying to be successful and everything and just give that punk vibe and everything and again the the, the the tracks the other tracks in the film kind of reflect that as well and kind of like that indie vibey mellow mm-hmm. thing. So um it kind of did actually when the film came out I was like, oh, I wanna I want to play bass. Uh that kind of inspired me to do that but I didn't get very far <laughs> to be to <laughs> truth be told but um, i kind of tried to do the um i think it's threshold is like one of the things that, that, that the the sex Club one band played but I, I did. yeah i couldn't do the cause and i just didn't have the time and patience to do it but it still inspired me to um t- to get involved with the music and it still stuck with me to this day so um, just so, so many good tracks and that, like um was it uh, getting boring by the sea blood red shoes and, and things like that that just kind of did first through the film and edgar Wright did a good job in picking the the, the soundtrack soundtrack
3: yeah. to fit the, the movie yeah he did certainly did he is another one that i mean i, I suppose he followed in tarantino's shoes Tino. a little bit yeah, in regards did. to bit, yeah. how he uses music uh in his movies but um the music is integral to the whole scott pilgrim just the whole like it the, is again
2: the mm-hmm. and he did game. it
3: again didn't he with baby driver
4: baby driver into yeah. The whole, yeah. yeah, purposely like
2: it yeah. to the movements and everything yeah yeah that's a good Great choice.
3: One. I'm surprised that's not in yours, Neil. I must admit. Um, what, Scott Pilgrim? Yeah, um, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it's number one. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, no. Silence there. Them. Okay. Go on, then, Neil. You're number three. So it's the first ever soundtrack
4: that I ever owned as a child. Me and my brother had a copy of it. It's splattered all behind Pav. It's Star Wars. I had to, um, because having owned it, we talk about iconic, I think. This and Jaws are probably the most iconic pieces of film music. You know exactly what it is. You know exactly what's going to happen. You wait for the crawl whenever you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and all of it is just a joy. And I, I gave you the um, special editions for your birthday one year, didn't I? Do you remember those CDs with all sorts of great, great, great CDs? If you ever get a chance, they have <clears throat> every piece of music, everything all on there. But um I I just think this is I mean what else can we say about this music? I'm sure Pavel have something to say eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is I'm gonna keep it? my
3: powder dry on this one just yeah. for uh, for a few minutes.
4: But there's not a lot really you can add to it. it, it the music itself speaks volumes, doesn't it? And this it really does, yeah. It really does. So yeah, I
2: think there's um basically I like the uh Was it Holst? Holst? Sorry, Holst. The the planets. I think like if you listen to that music, it's very much inspired. Obviously, John Williams Mm. and the the whole theme of like you put them side by side. I think there's a video somewhere on that where it's like playing that piece of music over the top when the 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 fleet comes in at the beginning of the, uh, the first film. And um, that's like oh, wow. That's this is so heavily inspired, and it's just yeah. Like I say, it's iconic. Just how well it's stuck into pop culture, and just you, you know, you just hear those few bits on, from the crawl or any other bits, and you know it's Star Wars from mm. the, from that. Yeah,
3: you know straight away. Yeah, indeed. What's your number three, Pa? My number three <laughs> is uh, is I think is it my only is my only animated one. Uh, and it's The Lion King. Oh, yeah. ah, um, good. Elton John and uh, Tim, Tim Rice, I think, wasn't like, it? Mm. Uh, but again, when you talk about like the... Oh, God, I've, we had a quid for every time we said iconic in this episode. <laughs> we had to retire. Um, it's one of those things where it's a very... M- the start... Oh, not that, but not, not yeah, that version, <laughs> But the... Uh, uh, yeah it's the whole start of the certain we want this one just the whole I yeah. mean yeah. Arsene, yeah Arsene Wenger managed to get his name in a Disney film <laughs> fair play to him I always um, remember the
4: advert with that little bit of um, Pumba and um, what's his name
3: <laughs> Timon when yeah. Timon Ads on the
4: menu <laughs> <laughs> that advert oh he's made me laugh <laughs>
3: yeah but there's great songs on it and and it's not just the songs the actual the 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 pride rock music at the end yeah is absolutely fantastic and even more so if you go and see the live show because it's you you can feel the the beats hitting you in the Mm. chest
2: um that's something I definitely want to go see. Have you guys seen the live? Yeah, I've or, seen it like yeah. uh, two or three you times. Well, yeah, you
4: really do to this, need yeah. to try and yeah. catch it. It's so yeah. good. They nearly they nearly ruined it, didn't they? With the re the live action version, the
3: music in that. Yeah. Yeah. there. There's um, no yeah, there's no point
2: in no the talk.
3: Let's not talk about that. No, no. 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 Let's pretend, yeah. pretend it doesn't action. exist. Yeah. There, you yeah. yeah. Let's wipe I would I would recommend Paul if you do get a chance to go, get seats right now the seats that are on the floor, what are they called, Neil? Stools. The, the stalls. And try yeah. and get an aisle seat. Yeah. Because there, there is nothing better than like when the animals start coming in, all of a sudden you look around and you see this massive elephant walking <laughs> down. And you think, what you do. the fuck? How are they doing that? <laughs> and the first time you we went and saw it, something like brushed my shoulder, and I looked, and it was a giraffe, and I thought, "Oh my Christ, fantastic. what the hell's going on?" It's, and it is it brilliant. is magical. Absolutely, mm. the way they do um, Timon is fantastic. It is uh, well worth it, well worth yeah. money to go and uh, see that.
2: Absolutely, yeah, it's uh, so on the bucket list, yeah.
3: One, and it's Oscar-winning music,
2: Oscar-winning indeed,
3: yeah. indeed. Yeah. Uh, so Paul, you're number two, please.
2: Number two, right before Lord of the Rings, this was another fantasy uh, film that I really connected with with my mom. um, which introduced me to this on a like a VHS tape. But um, I think this is like one of the best like fantasy films ever, uh, and it is Dark Crystal. Oh, oh okay. Oh, this very special. Um, vinyl one that i managed to get for it i think i can't remember how much I paid for it but probably more than i should have but it's mm-hmm. um a bit like a collector's piece for me i love the film so much that i kind of had to get it and a bit like with the Lord of the of of rings it's it's kind of got that just the the, the tone of where the, the world is set and everything and mm. uh, got, got you your scary moments your beautiful moments and i i can't I don't know how else to describe how much it means to me really just when thinking back to like those moments when I was like a wee lad and everything and just like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and seeing the film as I've grown, I would, like want to know more about the law behind the film and then things like that. It's just, just one thing that's really stuck with me. And so was the soundtrack and everything with, with that, I know they did the Netflix, uh, serious with the the, the developing the law but i know that's That's not going to have another season i don't think which is kind of sad really because the music Mm. and that is also really good and everything but um i think it's just down to budgetary reasons for them i don't ever see the light of day anymore so it's kind of Mm.
4: Who who did the soundtrack for the dark
2: crystal oh um it is uh trevor jones sorry i forgot to mention that yeah um, I okay. think he's, I don't know if he did, I think he did the soundtrack of Labyrinth as well. I believe. Oh, okay. All oh, right.
3: It yeah. must be rare because it's not, I can't find it on Apple Music.
2: No, uh, I tried, I did look on Spotify and it's not on the, it's grayed out on the listing. So it's like one of those obscure ones you may have to find it on YouTube, I think, oh, right. to find a, yeah. the actual thing. But I do recommend it if you do like your fantasy element music and stuff like that yes really so
3: paul if you could please sing the first uh first track of the <laughs> album <laughs> just so that we can get an idea of what it sounds like that'd be wonderful uh only joking you haven't got to do that uh neil your number two please so this is
4: a sci-fi another sci-fi movie and it was a it was a real toss-up between number three and number two which way to put them around but i put this one at number two because i still do listen to this more in my headphones and the other one and it's Blade Runner and Um I just think it's it's beautiful, haunting, uh, just all of it. It's it I use it as it's sound awful, but when I really love a piece of music, I usually put it in my ears to go to sleep to. It relaxes me to go to sleep to. And this is a, a real 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 sort of um well, I don't know. It's it's on my turntable a lot, as they would say. Um, I, I can't pick out highlights. I just love it all from start to finish. I'm a huge fan of the movie anyway, but yeah. the music just gave it that extra dimension, didn't it? And yeah, it's just beautiful. I know you're a fan of this music,
3: pal. So I do. I, I love everything about Blade Runner, mm. and I and I lo- I like every single version of the movie. I think it's an absolute masterpiece from top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul,
2: yeah, no, I can't uh, say anything bad about it because it's, uh, it's fantastic. I rewatched it not too long ago and still wow, still mind blowing. Now, yeah, effects and everything about the film and again, the the score is very powerful, and everything. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I can't ways it's on the on the list because it's it's mm. just it's just mind blowing.
4: But again, I've used the term, but it is, it's another one that just lingers for ages after you yeah. heard it. it. It sort of creeps under your skin and stays there. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful piece of music.
3: Vangelis, isn't it? Um, it yeah. is. Yeah. Only criticism of Blade Runner is it was set in 2019. Where's the bloody flying cars? <laughs> Come on. That's true. That's true. I'll take it raining all the time if we can have flying cars. I just want a replicant of my own. I bet you do, Neil. Well, no, I, I can. Bet say, you um, do that looks like Daryl Hannah. I bet.
4: Well, that'll do. But I was going to yeah. say it of me, and <laughs> oh, then right. I can send him off to work, and I can leave yeah. the rewards. Okay. I was. You'd I love... was thinking of being a lazy bastard more than yeah. a sexual <laughs> thing. <laughs>
3: but <laughs> uh, okay, mine number two. Uh, one of the greatest movies ever made, and one of the greatest musicals ever made, and I did play it in the, the little drops at the start, but Grease. Uh, as we record this, um, Olivia Newton-John passed away a couple of weeks ago. I was really, really bummed by that. I mean. She, apart from Carrie Fisher, were my two first-ever crushes. Was Olivia Newton-John and Carrie Fisher,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and I was it, was. it was strange because a, uh, a friend through the podcast, uh, her husband passed away the day before, so it was a real, like, one-two punch i felt really again when carrie fisher died i was surprised how sad i felt same when i heard that olivia newton john had passed away i'd never met her you know we'd never shared any air together but the fact that i like she was the first person that made me feel why have i got these strange feelings for that person i've I've never (laughs) had these feelings before these sort of rumblings and these weird pangs of of something i don't quite understand um and all the way through i mean if anyone i know we haven't spoken about xanadu but if anyone's seen the video of xanadu she is absolutely beautiful in that mm. video i don't know if yeah. you've ever seen it but
4: well, she always was didn't she,
3: she, she is. was she just was. one
4: of the most yeah.
3: perfect women yeah I think, but like. with an amazing voice a voice mm. of an angel Um, and absolutely beautiful. And And
4: apparently one of the nicest people you could ever meet. Yeah. They said, so.
3: But they're also amazing songs. There's a lot of songs on the album that are, like, very in the forefront of the, like, the stage show that didn't really, I think maybe they might be in the background of certain scenes in the the movie, but they're really good as well. Um, Oh, what was the one song that I really remember loving, but I don't think it's... I don't think that. those magic changes by Shanana, which is actually like that is playing in the background, but on the stage show, it's like a real like forefront song. Just a great, great soundtrack. Um, and Grease, the theme tune written by Barry mm-hmm. Gibb, again of the Bee Gees. And, um, yeah, that's my number two. Okay, great before choice. we reveal our number ones, uh, Paul, do you want to just give us a rundown of your number 10 to number two? Then Neil will do the
2: same. Okay. So my number 10 is The Shining. Number nine, The Dark Knight. Number eight, Little Shop of Horrors. Number seven, My Neighbor Totoro. Number six, Clockwork Orange. Number five, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Number four, How to Train Your Dragon. Number three, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And number two, The Dark Crystal.
3: Wonderful. Neil, you're 10 to 2, please. Okay, here we go. At
4: number 10, Once Upon a Time in America. Number nine, Pulp Fiction. Number eight, Empire Records. Number seven, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Number six, Pump Up the Volume. Number five, Moulin Rouge. Number four, Train Spotting. Number three, Star Wars. And number two, Blade
3: Runner. Wonderful. And mine is number 10. It's good morning vietnam (laughs) i've always wanted to do that number nine forrest gump eight field of dreams seven i cheated a little bit but guardians of the galaxy volumes one and two six saturday night fever five the greatest showman four the blues brothers three the lion king and two is greece so paul what is your number one movie soundtrack stroke score
2: it's something from my childhood and is tied as, like, my number one film of all time with The Shining. And that is...
1: Uh, <laughs>
3: Jurassic Park. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Talking about Alan Padres.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, great music. John Williams yeah. again.
2: Yeah, and uh, like I say, very impressionable from um seen it as a young child loved dinosaurs as for most mm. boys will have done at age when it came out didn't see it at the cinema sadly i think that's and dad got it on vhs or whatever but um i've grown more as i've as, as grown, older, grown older obviously there's always like, oh, dinosaurs at the beginning that's what drew me into it but then there's, there's so much more as you're going through like the more adult themes as you're going through and so did the music the music Grows with you as well, and so even, not even mm. just the the aspect of wow, these are real dinosaurs. But obviously, that's what drew me at the, the very beginning. But these, the certain like all the most of the, the, the obviously the the main theme that gives me the chills every single thing that makes me tear up. Like hearing it, especially with headphones in or whatever, I'm just playing it. Uh, it, it's just it just gets me in the feels. Yeah, so I have such a strong connection with the film from a young age and still do, and it, I think it will always be one of like my favourite films of all time. And so the soundtrack reflects that as well.
3: Perfect. Look at that. The crescendo went. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> at, right on cue. Yeah. That yeah. was
3: fantastic. You did you do that, that on then. purpose? <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. What wow. a moment. What a podcast <laughs> moment that was <laughs> That was
4: perfect. <laughs> that was. Paul, have you seen Swiss Army Man? Not
2: yet, no. I, okay.
3: I do want to see that, yeah. Well, you'll hear the Jurassic Park theme in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> well. <laughs> well, yeah, that is a fantastic one. That is great. I mean, again, have we missed a trick? We could easily do top 10 John Williams Oh, couldn't scores, you too? Easily. Yeah. Couldn't we? And maybe easily. I think that's one that we, we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another guy that I think when he passes away i'm going to be yeah yeah definitely yeah because his his music is the soundtrack of my mm-hmm. life i think but uh go on then neil you're number one so i sort of alluded to it earlier on it's reservoir dogs um
4: to me this was the start of any sort of soundtrack that you would get properly where he would use pre-recorded songs throughout the decades and use them throughout the movie um the opening thing with george baker's selection with little green bag we've talked about that becoming iconic but i still love the track um steelers wheel stuck in the middle with you we had the that that ooga chuka. that's where i still think of it from rather than, feeling, yeah yeah i still think of it from there um you have the Harry Nilsson, Lime in the Coconut, which has yeah. been used again in other th- things. I just think it's great. And then all throughout, interspersed with Steve Wright, not Radio 2 Steve Wright, Alaska, <laughs> but the American DJ <laughs> yeah.
3: Steve Wright. That would be uh, great if it was, I mean, though, would
4: that, wouldn't thing it? It would be. He's completely
2: different, I think. Yeah.
3: Oh, my God, that would be yeah. fantastic. They should do a British version and have that Steve
4: Wright. Yeah, they should. Who is uh, leaving Radio 2? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I just think you know his monotone dulcet tones between is a perfect fit, and I listen to this a CD. Well, I don't listen to it on CD now. I send a stream. I listen to it a lot still. This soundtrack. I think every song is great in it, and it's just the perfect. And like like I say, and I'll stand by it. It was the start of the. You know all these other directors now doing it every now and then. We all take it for granted, but Tarantino was the the man who brought it into the forefront
3: again with this movie. Mm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Completely agree.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. It was the start of something. I think that was the thing, wasn't it? Not just Tarantino's style, but the the way he used the music. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um A trendsetter in many ways. I feel. Mm.
4: I mean, he carried it on, didn't he? I mean, through Django into Hateful A, all the way through, you get the music. I mean, Django's bizarre because you're, you're set in the Western times and all of a sudden you get a rap song going
3: and you think, oh, yeah, but it works. It,
4: oh, he makes it
3: works. Yeah. He makes it work, yeah. Very good. Uh, my number one is no surprise, but I, is it is it the most iconic for one chord ever? Yes, probably. Is it this chord? Oh, trying, there you go I can't do it the way that four that, that did it I mean that one I chord think yeah, is, yeah. I think it is I think it is I think it's the most iconic chord of, of all ever whether it's TV video music mm. movies um, this, it becomes ingrained into everything. it's in my DNA it? Yeah. that's it yeah. it's in my DNA there's nothing I can and I can remember when the Force Awakens came out and I can remember, I, I saw it 13 times at the cinema for <laughs> oh, The Force Awakens because it was like, you never thought there was going to be an episode seven. And I love The Force Awakens. I think it's a great film. Obviously, they just lost, you know, they, they, lost, they, lost, they lost their yeah. way. They didn't have a plan. They didn't have a plan. But that moment between A Long Time Ago in A Galaxy Far Away and then you have that small little bit of silence, then that chord I was in tears every time and I've I've watched I would hate to think how many hours I've spent in my life watching some kind of Star Wars product I don't know how long but the other thing is is John Williams has this knack of just making and I'm going to use the word for the last time iconic soundtracks and things that are, they're different. Yeah, I think, but they're different, but you can tell that they're John Williams. Like you can tell that Harry Potter is a John Williams theme. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell that Jurassic Park is a John Williams theme. You can tell Jaws. There are certain little motifs. Indiana Jones, there are bits in Indiana Jones that seem to be borrowed straight from the Imperial March. Yeah, You know what I mean? There are, there are bits Mm. that you must borrow from certain bits, but we definitely, we definitely need to do a top 10. john John williams Williams, um uh soundtracks or or themes if you like because there are four or five iconic bits oh shit i use the word again (laughs) just in a new hope that are that are pop culture Mm. behemoths you know little slices of music that you think oh my god that has been used so many times in i was gonna say father ted but probably not father ted i meant like the simpsons and family guy and things like that (laughs) father ted can you imagine that (laughs) um but yeah that's uh that's one that's tickled me oh father ted uh right we do have some honorable mentions um at ft lol podcast uh says it's an obvious one but most of john williams stuff in star wars is on point uh, Stu Grant said Blues Brothers The Matrix Oh Brother Where Art Thou The Big Lebowski That's a good one Fight Club Shaun of the Dead and Reservoir Dogs uh, Our friends over at Just Films and that said The Commitments I mean that was a, oh, that yeah, was a great that. soundtrack That was A great soundtrack uh, Chris Weylanger said The Suicide Squad soundtrack has an awesome score I love the piece at the climax called Rattism I'm also a big man of Danny Elfman scores okay. uh, Lisa Buchanan uh who's our guest next week i believe uh oh, pretty in pretty in pink still gets me oh, actually Christ, almost man. all of john hughes films i did have planes trains and automobiles on my uh mm. list for a long time and then it finally got squeezed out um at darren underscore gaskill said favorite score near dark
4: okay yeah the catherine bigelow film you know the vampire one right that okay oh, right.
3: yeah yeah okay, uh, okay um at and why not uh, uh here we go this is in depth he had scores star wars tomorrow never dies batman returns alien 3 inception robin hood prince of thieves of course michael Kamen in that one uh, mission impossible fallout and speed Avengers: Endgame, Thor, Ragnarok, Christ. The Rocketeer, The Living Daylights, and Social Network, and soundtracks, Footloose singles, Transformers: The Movie, Moulin Rouge, Beverly Hills Cop, Clark's, Clark's or Clerks, it's Clerks, isn't it? Clerks, clerks. Pulp Fiction, Top Gun, Blues Brothers, High Fidelity, Ghostbusters, Manhunter, Batman, and Train Spotting, and he does put. I know that's more than ten. Thank you for that. Uh at Andy mcewen One said the good, the bad and the ugly, Robocop, Rocky Four, and Big Trouble in Little China. Uh Janine Bender said Urban Cowboy. Uh at what at this one, Samantha said Train Spotting, Top Gun, all of the Rocky soundtracks. Rocky Four is a great soundtrack, especially yeah, if you is. want to work out to. I remember like when I used to do all that work and I you work out to There's No Easy Way Out and stuff like that. Oh my mm. god, it's fantastic. Um pirates of the caribbean love some orchestral music uh Berg, hi jen Uh, i couldn't possibly pick a favorite but i have been feeling nostalgic for obvious reasons about the xanadu soundtrack Uh, i listened to it like crazy when i was little on cassette i like to picture olivia and gene kelly roller skating in heaven now oh larry Salah says soundtrack is several lost highway reality bites dumb and dumber and the crow scores would have to be legends of the fall an interview with a vampire Mm-hmm. Dan Harper says good morning Vietnam not only do you get great songs but you also get Robin Williams as the DJ throughout the, the album uh, it's a great in my opinion and uh, at at hooked underscore movies sorry let me do that again at hooked on underscore movies said Pulp Fiction there you go Fantastic. so that's it that's it ladies. we never had one cross well we did Star Wars I suppose Star Wars I was yeah We had, that was the only one that was the only one so um Paul what have you got coming up on your on your pod and the next one well, obviously this will be going out in a few weeks a couple of weeks time but what have you got in the future
2: um well we've got um a lead up to Mind service wedding coming up um
3: congratulations yeah, yeah congratulations think.
2: um we're kind of having a, we'll have a little break so I don't know when obviously when this comes out it might, that might be the, the point that, that'll that be happening but um yeah we've got a few more episodes lined up as to what we've got um in the pipeline really some exciting ones like i say it's ones that i'm trying to pick out like what what are really good ones really solid ones that we should have maybe covered by now uh, and then there's these odd ones where it's like uh yeah what, what would i like to see and what would she like to to to, to sit through as well um yeah so just Mean, as, means as we go on really with with stuff and we we really enjoy what we do um and i love showing her new films to to there might be a new favorites so
3: yeah excellent um well like say you've got some homework we've got i've got some homework <laughs> as well so we'll uh we'll compare notes yeah, oh, I'll be intrigued uh, to see what you both think. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Uh, Neil, before we go, um, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch? And what uh, Of course I
4: can. So you can find us on all the social media uh, sites, at top10pods, that's at top10pods. Give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow, whatever it is you do on there. Email us at, top10 at hot ma- top10pods at hotmail.com. You can send us ideas for lists and all sorts of other questions if you'd like to. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods where you get all sorts of rewards like being a guest yourselves check out all the links via the link tree you can find the link in the show notes and please do come subscribe click leave a review and a rating on
3: wherever you get your podcast from beautiful beautifully done we will put the uh, link to paul and sophie's podcast in the show notes so please check them out again and give them a rating and review uh it's lots of fun like i say i'm gonna have another listen to a couple of different episodes what would you say is the best one to have a listen to because i enjoyed the snatch one i'm glad i didn't get that that sentence wrong because that was (laughs) really bad
2: um i would definitely say that the matrix one is probably a really funny one um as a standout one um i mean it's, we've covered so many different ones it's hard to keep track of but no no i think you go through the back catalog there's probably some, there's something for everyone really in terms of the films we've covered so you probably find something like oh that's my favorite film i want to hear what she has to say about that kind of thing so it's uh, yeah that's the way to do it and stuff just, so yeah yep, just, just
3: delve in and start from mm-hmm. the start that's the yeah. best way to yeah. do it Absolutely. um so that's it so neil thank you very much thank you very much Pav. thank you very much paul Thank you yes. very much for having me. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and watching. And let's go start the countdown. 10 yeah.